VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what up? I'm Doug Gottlieb, and uh, welcome in. You're listening to All Ball, and this is part three of Mike uh, Procopio. And Mike, of course, is was the video scout for Kobe Bryant. And part three, this gets deep into the deep, deep into the uh the stuff with with Kobe, pretty awesome. And when we last a part two, if you missed it, revolved around at the end Shaquille O'Neal first time he met Shaq. If you missed that, download part two. But I do want to get to this this Kyrie Irving stuff because at the time that this drops, Kyrie has asked for and received permission to uh, seek a signing trade. And to this point, no one has stepped up. And I don't know if he comes with the Lakers, but here's here's what I can tell you. That we have this tendency to look at players simply based upon their skill. And that's great. Okay, because in football, that kind of works. In baseball, that kind of works. In basketball, it doesn't work. You have to, people ask all the time, and my kids say, what do you love about basketball? Uh, every part about it. I, I love that you have to have five guys actually working together at at both ends of the court. And you have to have guys that can come in and that can work with the guys that are already in there. And you have to have a coach who understands how to motivate different people and get them to all play together. 
And then you have to stop or be better than another team who's trying to do the exact same thing. It's an incredible sport. But if we've learned anything about the NBA, the the guys that are the most talented and really for the NFL as well, the guys that are the most talented, no, they don't always win, don't often win. Don't often win. So I think this is a fascinating thought on Kyrie Irving. And a lot of the league seems to be saying like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Now, we should factor in that Kyrie Irving, he doesn't just want to sign and trade. He wants to sign a max contract and then you can trade me. You know, if you said, hey, I'll do a sign and trade, but I'm going to sign for $10 million and be a two-year deal, I'm sure everybody would sign up, a lot more teams to sign up for that. But when you factor in the comments that he made, the, the NBA is not blind, deaf, or dumb. They heard him say, we don't really need a head coach. They've seen how many times he's been injured. They've watched how many times he's gone often done his own thing defensively. And they're telling you, no one is saying Kyrie Irving isn't an incredible talent. Nobody, because that would be blasphemy. That would be stupid. He's remarkably talented. But can you win with him? Right? Can you win with him? That's the difference. Can you win with Kyrie Irving? And as much as we could say, well, you know, LeBron won with him before, he did. He definitely won with him before. But they were down 3-1. Andrew Boga got hurt. Draymond Green got suspended. They both played incredible basketball. They needed a great block shot, an unbelievable three to beat the Golden State Warriors. And LeBron liked it so much, he was the one who said, I wanted somebody else. I wanted he, The reason Kyrie left was LeBron wanted to replace him after they won a championship. What does that tell you? The best, the most talented players don't always win. And you could even say don't often win. And that, I believe, is one of the telltale signs of what's up with Kyrie Irving. He's unbelievably talented, remarkable, skilled. You don't get that good unless you work incredibly hard. But all that other stuff, whew, that's why it makes it really hard for any of these GMs to say, yeah, I'll sign up for that. All right, let's get to Mike and catch up. Here's part three of, of my discussion with Mike Procopio. Whatever happened to Eggie McCray? He went to, so Eggie, which I was definitely afraid of because he was just this, first of all, he went to a million high schools and like he played for Leo and like he ended up going to, supposed to go to, let me see. He went you to the yeah, Redemption Christian, supposed to go to UNLV, went to Redemption Christian, didn't qualify, went to Dixie, uh, got in trouble at Dixie, and then supposed to go to UNLV, didn't go to UNLV, ended up going to UTEP and finishing up at UTEP. And then, like, I remember, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you played on a, a team or, or two of those, like, those teams that played the college teams in the preseason, the pumps yeah. had, pumps had 800 of them. I did it, yeah. Yeah, I, I did it. BABC had one. We played against like UMass and BC and, um, and Northeastern. I remember he like, we beat BC. He had like a decent game. And then he, we like, we go to play Northeastern and I turn around. I'm like, you playing? He's not there. Like he's there, he's eating chickens and donuts, and he goes, "Now nah, my feet hurt. I ain't playing." And I was like, "Ah, fuck!" And then uh, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate you. this. My first, yep. my first team after college. 
Yeah. It was in the USBL. Sure. Now, I love the USBL. Right? So they had a team in Enid, Oklahoma. Okay. And uh, Brian Gates was our coach. He's assistant in the NBA. Yeah. Really oh, I know Brian team. Gates. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. And he's, he's like me. He's a grinder's grinder. And he yeah. actually, I can't remember the, there was supposed to be a different coach who was with the Mavericks and he left. I don't know if he didn't get paid. Like, right Ari before Parker, the, probably. No, no. Mm-hmm. I'll think. Um, anyway, so uh, I remember, I never forget this for, and uh, I, that my dad told me, I said, Dad, I called him, and Enid, it was in Enid, and Enid was like an hour from Stillwater. And yep. we had five Oklahoma State guys on our team, and I was like the number one overall pick, whatever. We, okay. And so we had, we had, but we had Willie Burton. Yep. Ninth pick in the draft, 15 yeah. in the NBA game. Okay, we had um, Bubba Wells, who led the country Bubba in scoring. Wells. Yep. Right? He was at Snow Valley. So, great story with Bubba Wells. Portland used to go to Snow Valley. Yes. And they used to put college guys to work as counselors and right. work them out draft type guys like yes. marcus pfizer and stuff yes. yeah go ahead so bubba wells go ahead okay bubba wells one of those guys. uh with le bradford smith le bradford smith yeah notre dame uh louisville louisville louisville, louisville. bradford right, smith yeah. is the one who gave jordan like 30 or 31 no, and then well, the reporter, and then the reporters made it up like he he was talking shit to jordan Yep. And Jordan's like, all right, they played back-to-back nights, played in Chicago the next night. And Jordan gave him 31 in the first half the next night, right? And was talking shit to him the whole time. Anyways, you ever meet Jordan, by the way, Doug? Huh? You ever meet Jordan, by the way? Uh, yes. So my dad was Tex Winter's assistant at Long Beach State. Okay. So I met Jordan his rookie year. They stayed at the airport Marriott. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, how, like, this is what the NBA sure. used to be. And he had like the foam headphones on and a cassette player. Yeah, and Tex introduced us, and we sat down with him, and we had like, we had like cokes or something, mm-hmm. and he was so nice, and he was like, I was like, I was a little kid, I was like, what are you listening to? And he goes, nothing. He goes, yeah. he goes. Okay, sometimes well, I listen to his gossip, but if I have him on, people leave me alone. Yeah. But if I don't have him on, everybody comes up to you. I was like, that's amazing. That was that was my takeaway from it. And then I worked his camp. After yeah. my eight year at Notre Dame. What year? I mean, what year was it? Was it in Santa Barbara? 96 in Santa Barbara. I worked it like three, four years in Santa Barbara, and it was phenomenal. Then like, he, was at, he, was, he was serving drinks at the bar. At yes. The, right? I never went. Oh, like some Irish bar, right? Yes. Like, yes. Oh, oh, hands. I had no, like, again, but like, I was, I was still, like, I've been kind of around this stuff, but the social part to it, like, I was, I didn't know any of this stuff like existed. You know, I was yeah. so focused on basketball. Like, wait, Michael Jordan's at serving drinks at a bar. And so, so we would go to Snow Valley and the coaches would be like, look, MJ's running his camp down the street. Now, look, the camp is awful as far as the basketball, but MJ plays at night. So yes. we would drive down and we would watch him play. The first year we went, I was working Snow Valley in like Yao Ming uh Darius Miles, Jay Williams, uh Luke Walton, like he had all these college all Americans working camp to play at night. And that turned into Doug when I started working it, like because Ra- George Raveling and his son was running the camp. I was like, George, like these college counselors don't do anything during the day. Why don't we do stuff like structured workouts like we do yeah. with Nike? So we ended up doing the structured workouts and oh fuck what a great but the biggest thing from that camp that i took is 
like everybody would ask MJ for shit, like shoes, money, whatever, whatever. Like, so I would walk through because like throughout the camp, camp's terrible because of, just because they're bad players, but they allow you to get one thing signed through M- with MJ like early in the week. And, and it gets authenticated. I still have my poster. Yeah. yeah. I got, th- I, yeah. I have the, I have the one where he's dunking at, uh, uh chicago stadium yeah. 80, and, uh, 90, 88 87 something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and like so like you get your picture taken i remember i turned around to mj and michael do you mind if we talk footwork because i'm a big footwork guy and he goes footwear and i saw the look in his face like another fucking guy asking me for something and i'm like no no no, no. footwork i'll tell you what doug that guy talked to me every night about footwork right before the evening session he would come in the morning and he would come at night and we would talk for about three or four minutes i would always come up to him he would talk to me about ball placement jab reads fade away like the guy was a master at it and talking to kobe kobe was a little bit more open but mj like as far as being introverted a little bit yes but when he spoke Oof, was he really yeah. he was like, I, so I never forget i'm playing the first night i'm playing yep and i mean if you look at me you're like no no fucking chance right yeah and uh but i you know i'd started at notre dame so i had a little, little and i'm from west coast had a little swag mm-hmm. people uh, so i got i was in the second game mm-hmm. and i'll never forget like i remember i came down the lane I, I go past my guy and he's fucking standing there and he kind of just like faked at me and i got rid of that kid quick and there was like a somebody called foul or some a couple plays later, and I was standing next to him, and he goes, "If you're gonna be a pussy, stay out of the game." Yeah, and I was like, "All right." And so then I just hooped after that, and it was really really fun. But it was basically like, "You can't be, don't be fucking scared of me. Like either play or don't play, but yeah. don't come out here and and frighten because Michael Jordan's out here." And he was, and then you know it would every game was like, and and by the way, like I played in the Magic pickup games which were awful because yeah. magic just hey, called yeah. yeah we just call fouls and make shit yeah. up and yeah and like i get it you're magic and the ucla guys were kind of dicks to be honest with you at yeah. time because they were they had a role in a little bit yeah. um but uh Jordan, what was that like, doug was that was that like tracy murray mclean okay so okay so that was a little before me okay so yeah. murray mclean uh Derek martin yeah madsen like those guys were awesome yeah. Um, and the other guys after that, the, the next guys, I was, those are all like my contemporaries. I'm, I, my high school teammates were, my AU teammates were J.R. Henderson. JR, yep. Just stopped playing in Japan. Now he's coaching in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Chris Johnson, Kristan right. Johnson, who does his own, own pod. He played. Um, those, the guys who kind of Charles was, was cool. There were some of those other guys in that era that actually the team that won it. Yeah. Right. In 95. Tyus said me and yeah. And Tyus, Tyus was cool, but there's just a, like, look, it was when magic showed up. He was playing and the UCLA guys are playing. And then, you know, some of the, some of the other guys. And part of it is also, you mentioned the AU teams. When I grew up, there was like three big AU teams, maybe four. Yeah. Right. And we didn't like each other. Right. right. We, we played in, 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 in the same league against each other all growing up and we didn't, yeah. nobody switched teams. Like you didn't like them. Uh-huh. Right. So then all of a sudden now in college, you're being recruited by these guys. Like, well, I don't want to go there. Like Toby Bailey is my rival all growing yeah. up. I have nothing against Toby now personally, but like yeah. they were dicks and we didn't like them and they didn't like us. Like now we're going to play the same college team. Like no way. Like, Without question. So um, anyway, 
Um, so, yeah, the thing about the Jordan pickup games were, uh, it was like every game was on repeat where it would be competitive and really fun and up and down. And then you get to like the last couple points and no. it, you weren't, you weren't, if you, he wasn't, on, if you weren't on his team, you weren't winning. And it wasn't bullshit. It wasn't like he called ball, he called mm. foul. He just get it. And yeah, you double team him, he find the dude or he, he'd make it turn around, turn the other way and make that fade away. Like he was just, it was just every game was on repeat and it was almost like it was a movie set. But it wasn't. There was no bullshit. To it. it was a real game, and it didn't matter who was there. You couldn't stop him when he didn't want to be stopped. That's the difference between a guy that, like, and that's the thing. Like at Snow Valley, I, I fell in love with him, um, and I'll tell you why. Like I always thought, look, MJ was fantastic, but I never really broke him down. Like I always thought he was like Dominique Wilkins two like a high flyer. Big, but much bigger winner than Dominique, of course. But I didn't think about footwork or what he did in the post or anything like that. I knew he shot fadeaways. So my first night at Snow Valley, I'm fucking tired as a motherfucker. We're there from 6 a.m. to fucking 10 p.m. And all, and I think we're just going to bed, right? By the and way, then, that's where I became a really good ping pong player with Snow Valley. Snow Valley, of course. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Or so the superstar, NBA superstar videos as well. Of course, like, of course. Put on, yeah. put on in the lobby. Oh, yeah. And like Herb Livesey, first of all, Herb is anybody, any coach or young player should look the guy up. I and mean, the guy was phenomenal, but he was a tyrant at his camp. Yes. He was literally like hide in the bushes to make sure you're running offense. And if you fuck around one bit, he'll fucking come at you. So I'm like looking for him. I'm tired. I'm going back. And they're like, hey, we're just going to bed, right? And he goes, no, no, no. A bunch of our coaches, we're going to go into my room and we're going to break down film of Michael Jordan. I'm like, the fuck are you breaking down like fucking dunk videos? Like, what? no, 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 no. He goes, no, none of that. So they had like this like videotape of breakdowns of his jab going right, like setting up his fadeaway. Um, you know, like his mid post game, his low post game, his perimeter game. And I was like this. For like two and a half hours, I got my note. I remember I didn't even have a notebook at the time. I had something just writing on anything I could write on. And like that dude is, there's a difference that, and I said, that is the difference between Dominique Wilkins and him. He jumps over that guy, Dominique jumps over people. And this guy actually like has a method to his madness. And then I appreciated him way more in Washington than I did in Chicago sometimes because he had to do that with without the athleticism anymore. Right. And right. he could still get 50 just reading screens and, and, and just being smart. And, you know, I, I talked to Dirk all the time and that, what well, not all the time, but we like just watching Dirk and talking to him. That's the difference between like a Dirk and a Kristaps Porzingis in the sense that Porzingis could give you 30, 25, 30, but Dirk could carry you throughout a whole season, a whole playoff series. And that's hard to do. And a guy like MJ can do it even at a higher level than that, that those guys that could put you on their back and just be relentless at like winning games and putting them in a position to win. Like it's just an other stratosphere when you're talking about a guy like Michael and a guy like any, any, just any other player that could put up 30. There, there's a difference between putting up 30 and being Michael Jordan, obviously, but unless you're there to see it like straight up, it's, it, it's, it's phenomenal, man. It's phenomenal. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Most overrated player in NBA history. Oof. Overrated player. In, can you give me like five? Well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll, give, you, I'll, give, you, I'll give you one. Yeah. I was actually a ball boy. At, for UCLA at times when I was a kid sure. because uh, Khalil Hazard was a teammate of mine, travel ball growing up. So Reggie Miller is a great player, right? But he's not one of the 75 greatest players in the history of the NBA. Okay. He was third team all NBA twice, I believe. Okay. okay. So when I say overrated, I mean, like, uh, I mean, I, I think Damian Lillard's in that conversation as well. Like, Damian Lillard is a great player. We're talking the 75 greatest players of all time. You talk about top 10. That's really hard. Gets arbitrary at the end, right? Like right. the ones you got in. I, I struggle with the Wilt and Bill Russell. Just, I, we didn't see him play. Right. You know, like what do we do with Jerry West? Like, I kind of think you do like 
80 on, right, is a smart way to do it, or maybe right. even 85 on, and that's where you get. But when you do 75 greatest to ever play, like, right. how do you do a dude who is third team All NBA twice? Yeah, I mean, I see what you, I, I see what you're saying on that. I'm trying to like just look at a list of guys and just something that really sticks out. Like, um, look at Damian Lillard is a great player. Okay, yeah, he's not better than Steph Curry. No, he's not. Okay, so we do all the small guards right now in the NBA, right? If you just do small guards in the NBA, like, um, or you know, I mean, is he? Uh, you know, Luca's not on that list, but should be. He's going to be. But by the time he's done in like two or three years, be like, how come Luca's not on that list? Right, right, right. Um, and he can. Um, you know, I'm not a big Harden dude because he doesn't play defense, but James right. Harden's been a better player for longer than Damian Lillard's been a, a great player because in addition to scoring, he's a far better passer than Damian Lillard is, right? So I would, I would not, I would, I would do that. Kyrie Irving, I believe is a better, he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. He's a better player than Damian Lillard and more accomplished than, than Damian Lillard. My point is like, I'm not trying to tell you Reggie Miller sucked. I'm not. No. He's a great player. Right, but if the game has been played for seventy-five years, we just take the last seventy-five years, and he was only thirteen All NBA twice. It just doesn't. There's no. There's no way you can uh, equivocate that he's one of the seventy-five best players in the NBA when he was never considered one of the ten best players in the NBA when he actually played in the NBA. <laughs> that doesn't make yeah. sense. Was Scott was Scotty a little overrated to you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Darius, you know Darius Rucker is booting the ball. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I, I got a great story. Ever. I got a great Darius Rucker story, by the way, but go ahead. Go oh, tell me the story. Then I'll tell Cause I, I know his, his day anyway. Go ahead. So like, so I go, um, right before Gertz camp, I went with, um, Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle has got a place in South Carolina and, uh, like we, we go, we go to, he's, he's playing a concert at, at this tennis spot in, in, in South Carolina so we, we go, because I'm a huge Hootie and the Blowfish. Like, Rear Crack View got me through. I remember doing those 11 weeks of camp and not really seeing my, my family, and I was struggling with it. And I would listen to that, like, repeatedly. And um, so we go to his concert. I have, a I have like, a, like a, you know, they got his credentials and stuff because Rick knows them. So I go, and all of a sudden, like, we're there after. I don't really know what to do. I'm just sort of hanging. And I have my credential. I'm already in a spot. I'm just waiting for Rick to come out and go. And like his dad, Darius Rucker's dad is there. And he goes, oh, I can't get there. I, I don't have a credential. I'm like, fuck, take mine. So I took it. And somebody was like warning us about 20 minutes later. Oh, by the way, Darius's dad is looking for credentials and no one give him one because I don't know if they had a thing or whatever. And here I am fucking gave it to him like 20 minutes before. I said, I got Rick, I got to get the fuck out of here. Carlisle was like laughing. He goes, only you, bro. He goes, only you. And uh, yeah, yeah, so there's my Darius Rucker story. But go ahead. All right, so, so here's my, here's my, here's my Darius Rucker when I, I first met him story. Yeah. Right? So I'm at ESPN. I don't know. I've probably been there mm, six or so years, seven or so years. And three years in, I got an afternoon show, afternoon radio show. Sure. And look, I'm fully okay with, I understand where I stand in the whole spectrum of things. At the time, Mike and Mike was the biggest show yes. on radio. Uh, and then there was Dan Patrick and Colin Coward. Those are the big three. 
everything else kind of didn't matter. So that's how you kind of, that's kind of the mentality that you're kind of like, Hey, those are the shows that matter. Your doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. So I played pickup ball at Conard high school in West Hartford every yeah. Saturday with a bunch of high school coaches and a, a bigger duty about like six, three, six, four, got a nose like sideways, right? Not great feet. And he'd come and play. And he was like the greatest guy to have in your team because he set unbelievable screens. Yeah. So afterwards, I was like, you know, you're sitting there taking off your shoes. Hey, man, what do you do? He's like, oh, I, I run the concert venue at Mohegan Sun. I used to be a boxer. So we started with boxing. We do concerts. I was like, no shit. Yeah. So hey, can I get your number just in case like there's a show? Hey, no problem. So I happened to go home and look up and like Darius is opening for Rascal Flats. Oh, okay. And I was like, I like Rascal Flats, all right, but I love Darius Rock. Without question. So I call him. I was like, hey, my man, uh, Darius Rucker's coming in like two months. Could I, could I get some tickets? And you know, like, I don't want to do the meet and greet, but if I could just go and shake his hand, like that would make my, make my world. Right. He's like, no, uh, he's like, let me see on the Darius part. No problem. The tickets. So we get, uh, we go down there, and, you know, for the, the opening act, we're sitting and it's a, it's where the, the sun play, Connecticut sun play, right. In the Mohegan arena. And so he's at the end and we're sitting in the first level of seats. And right before the last song, he's like, Hey, it's great to be back in Connecticut. Uh, my guy, Eric Casillas is here. I've co-hosted Mike and Mike with him. Shout out to everybody at ESPN. And then he goes and Hey, uh, Doug Gottlieb is here. Do you guys listen to Doug Gottlieb? I, I listen to Doug Gottlieb every afternoon when I'm picking up my kids from school. No kidding. Like it's, he goes, I literally, and it's, it's awesome to have him here. And, and, uh, you know, I'm getting elbowed. I'm like, I had no idea. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. I'm like, peeking out. so, um, so, uh, I, uh, so then my buddy comes out and grabs me as he's singing his last song. And I'm like waiting out there, you know, like fanboy. And he's like, buddy, will be out in a second. I'm like, fuck his buddy. Buddy's this like little swole up black dude who's his bodyguard. I and think like, I've met him. I think like, I met him. Yeah. Greatest dude ever. Right. And yeah. they called him Whitey at the time because, mm -hmm. because uh, when, when Darius co-hosted Mike and Mike, they did a, it was like Thanksgiving time and they did a, uh, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie and buddy was like well pumpkin pie and they were like dude black no black dude should ever say pumpkin pie over sweet potato pie everybody knows that pumpkin pie is for white people and yeah. sweet potato pie is for and black that's people, why they right? called him whitey right, so they started calling him whitey anyway so i go back there say so he's like d will see you now so i go back and i was like uh and he, he's like from the back of his like big dress room he's like doug i'm like darius it's like hold up my man come sit down I got money on Lakers, Suns, and the halftime line. <laughs> I, I took the over. It's, yeah. you know, whatever. It's, it, you know, it's like, it's 102. Hold up. Mm -hmm. It's going to be close, right? Mm -hmm. And since then, we've been like, we've been really good friends. I like, come to a show. Go, it's, it, he's an amazing, amazing dude. So, and I don't know if Darius is going to get mad for me telling this story. But one time we're talking, we're having beers. We're watching, we're watching, I think, Lakers Thunder in the playoffs in his tour right. bus. Also, Mahigan said. And, he goes, Scotty Pippen, most overrated player in NBA history. And I go, thank you. Yeah. Now, look, I love Scotty Pippen. I love the Bulls. Yeah. But like, dude, Scotty Pippen was a really, really, really a great role player. Yeah. Right. And everybody says, well, hey, the first year without Jordan, they were like, yeah, okay. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that shit. Dumpster fire. Yeah. And the second year, they were a dumpster fire. And then we're not taking into account everything else that was going on in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You know, and the fact it was a, it, you know, um, 
So my thing is, I would agree with you. I think he's a he's the greatest role player of all time. He was the perfect fit for how they played defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't he had at the time he didn't have the right ego. And what's happened is because Jordan told the truth about him, mm-hmm. Jordan, I think, oversold who he was, right? Mm-hmm. And that Jordan first he told the truth, like, hey man, he quit on the team. He was all bent up about the contract. He should have got surgery early. And so, you know, to balance it out, he's like greatest teammate I ever had. Blah, 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 right? Like, he's a great player. I, Darius and I would agree with you. Now, my thing for Darius, and uh, he'll never tell, but he told me who it is. I said, who's the Scotty Pippen of music? He's like, oh, Ooh. shit. I got that one yeah, play, right? can't tell you that. Who's yeah. the guy who rode the coattails with somebody really, really good? Anyway, you're, you're Scotty Pippen is it, or you want, you you go on. No, Scottie I would Pippen. say Scotty Pippen. Yo, like, I would say Bill Walton because of his injury stuff, but like, He's, I think people like overrate him because I think they want to see what he would have been without injury. Right. But I think that well, he was an MVP before injury, but that's yes, fair. yes. And I, that's why I don't think he's overrated like that. I think that Scottie Pippen being like everyone thinking like he's in the top. Sometimes you hear about again, I don't care, but sometimes you think about being him in the top 30 players. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, like you gotta be able to carry a fucking team. Barkley could carry a fucking team. Yes. Carmelo carry a team. Clyde yes. Drexler carry a fucking team. And I think in Ray Allen before he and, wait, wait, and carry a team to success. Yes. Carry yes. a team to success. It's one carry, thing. It's to carry a team to success. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Pippen can do that. Was he a great Defender, yes, for sure. Like Kobe, Kobe would study films of him defensively. Like you know, he re- uh, much respect on his defense. But as far as carrying a team to no, success, I don't think he did. Nah, fuck that. So I, I don't think in you know, and then and then him just like yeah, he did sort of quit. And then MJ, look, MJ is going to protect people to a point, but he's going to tell you the truth and you know that's what he did. He told the fucking truth. And can you imagine? Can you imagine though, like a dude? Like he, the idea that you would not want to go into a game at the end of a playoff game because the play wasn't drawn up for you. It's uh, look, be pissed all you want. I get it. You're a competitor, but competitors, they have to draw the line. Is my actions fucking my team up? And if you know it's fucking your team up, yet you continue to do it, then you're fucking selfish. You're selfish. I don't give a fuck that you're mad at that point. You check yourself out of a game. Again, we talk about the Rondo thing. That's wrong for sure because you're asked to be in a game and you check yourself out. That is not right for sure. And he did that and he broke a fucking code and he is the most overrated superstar I've ever seen in my life. Now, I'm, 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 it's great, um, have you seen Chet Holmgren? Yes, I have. And I'm not. I'm not buying. I think he's one of the most skilled big men I've ever seen. But that body, to me, I'm not a doctor at all. But those legs. Forget about the upper body, because like Durant had a really skinny upper body when he came in, and through strength and maintenance, he's figured out how to be strong enough to be a great NBA player. The legs, to me, you know, you saw the same thing in Porzingis, and Porzingis works his fucking ass off for in the weight room to try to get big. But when those legs are that skinny, I, 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 you know, I, it takes me back to Sam Bowie. It takes me back to a lot of stuff. And again, I'm not, I don't have no crystal ball. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. 
but I, I am not buying that. I would probably take Jabari Smith. I'm not a huge draft guy. I'm not studying it. But from Sorry. what I see, I like him. And the Pablo guy. Paolo. I, Paolo. I'm sorry. Paolo. No. Yeah. It reminds me of like a, um, um, oh, fuck. Plays for Philly from Tennessee. Um, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Yeah, uh, Tobias Harris a little bit. No, but again, bigger. maybe I'm wrong. Bigger. Yeah, bigger. Like a bigger. scorer could play scoring three, could play four. Score, yeah. yeah, scoring, scoring machine. Really score. Face up four. Yeah. Scoring machine. And, you know, and I think I think the, the risky pick is is Chet, which I'm with yet. Like I sat next to a a pretty well known GM. I could I'll text you who it was. No, 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 like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And he goes, He's a fucking hunchback. Yeah. And he's like, I, I just I've never seen a hunchback. And he goes, and his shoulders are this wide. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you I, I don't know enough about strength, you know, but how do you get a guy's shoulders wide? Like, can he play five at that spot? I don't know. Can he play four? Yes, he's skilled, but like, yeah, there's there was a lot of Przingis. There was some Przingis talk. Yeah, Jabari exactly. is Jabari checks the list of, you know, dad was a player. Dad is his mentality is great. He wants the ball in big spots. Yeah. He loves to get to those elbow isos. He's versatile. He likes to play defense. You know, he settles a little bit too much for jump shots instead of getting you know getting getting nasty and getting downhill. Will he uh, play big or will he play more perimeter? In your opinion. Or does it even uh, matter? Two it? through four. Two through four. But so it's not but, like Bam Adebayo where he's like a four that could step out and play. He's a three. Like you, you think he's more two, three than yes. four, five? Yeah. No, he's okay. two, but he, I'm like, he plays in the, he'll play in the post. He plays at the yeah. elbow. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like a modern, that's what a six, nine modern Players player does. plays like, you know, sure. Sure. He, he checks all those boxes and he's a year younger than Paulo. Yeah. So that, that, that I think helps him. Chet's the hard one. And then you got Jaden Ivey, who's just a freak athlete. Yeah. Kind of a, has this weird persona, kind of a weird. I watched him at Purdue. I, I look, I, I thought he was good. But when people were talking about inklings of a first pick in the draft, I'm like, I didn't see that. But in these drafts, Doug, to be honest with you, you want to come up, you just want to like, you want to come up with a player that's not going to fail, that'll have a chance to be a starter, chance to be a top three guy. Cause there's not a lot of these guys that are like bona fide number ones, every, you know, in every draft anymore. So it's like it's hard to pick. But I'll give you a guy you you'd like, and I don't see him. Uh, sure. uh, Keegan Murray's the guy that that you. You'd oh, really yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I like Keegan Murray. Kind of a Sam Perkins sort of game. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I he's not a guy with a lot of lot of shit to him, right? Like in terms yeah. of like he doesn't overhandle it. Like he catches, he shoots it, he goes, he pulls up. He, Good teammate. I don't know. He doesn't have, I don't, he's probably not the ceiling of a Ivy if he hits or of a Chet if he hits or a Jabari if he hits, but like that dude's going to be 15 and eight in the league and maybe on the right team 20 to 22, you know, if he really keeps getting it going. Cause he also keeps improving as well. So that, that's one that in terms of the style of basketball and the brain, the efficiency and the dad was a player and being a grown up, like all those things he's got. No, so. it's all good. And, and these teams got to, cause look, 25 of these teams have no fucking chance, right? 24 of these teams. So <laughs> like the only thing you have is player development and player yeah. evaluation. Like I read this book, Dollar Sign on the Muscle it was about a baseball scouting book about the Phillies scouting department in the late seventies, early eighties, like Schmidt and all those guys. 
And it was fantastic to me how they talked about how important talent evaluation and, and player development was even back then. And it got me thinking about NBA in college, especially, but, but college being all this transfer portal bullshit, like it's hard to really develop a team, but you got to be able to get into a gym as a, an organization and a pick out talent and then be able to keep your head above water, keep on hitting these drafts. And then maybe put yourself in position where if you have cap room and the right guy says, you know what, they're a winning team. They've got all these winning players. Let's go. That's what you do. But all these fucking teams fuck this thing up. Either their player develop. Usually their talent evaluation is decent, but the, t- the player development is fucking usually a nightmare, you know, and that's, yeah. and that's where these fucking guys drop the ball, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, I really, you've been more than gracious with your time. Uh, I appreciate again. you. Again, how can people get get your service in terms of they if, if, to for you to do that uh, the scouting for them? Yeah, throw me uh, throw me an email, Mike at hoopconsultants.com, Social media, Hoop Consultants. Um, go to my website, hoopconsultants www.hoopconsultants.com. Did yeah, you was, did you save? You, have you saved those Kobe emails? Do they still I do, them? and nobody will ever read them. But I, there's about I thought there was about like eighteen hundred. There's like five thousand emails, and just reading, first of all, brings me to tears almost every time I do it. Second, it's just like talking about things and talking about players, and like I remember once. Um, I, I'm that I remember once he emailed me back on something and like he, he had an unbelievable game and he, he told me it's odd. That was out of Oscar fucking Schmidt's playbook. I mean, dude, the guy, like we would like sit. I remember the one of the last times I was with him in 2011 and we're, um, he flew me out because Mike Brown just took over the, the team. It was right. It was November. It was right after, right before they broke, uh, the, the, the stoppage of play, they, the, the work stoppage. They had the yeah, strike, lockout. right? The lockout. And he wanted to go over A, his film, B, go over like Mike Brown's playbook of that like San Antonio shit. And, you know, like we would sit for hours. First of all, he played me the piano, which I like he self, said he self-taught himself and I do believe it. And then like he would be, oh, I got a great one for you in this story, in this trip. So like... We would talk about players for hours, talk about the game for hours, talk about God, sham God, talk about like Lamar Odom, Tracy McGrady in high school, talk about these role players on top of talking about great players like AU, like, you know, Sonny Hill in Philly, talking about like all this KMC 76ers when they had like, um, when they had, uh, what's his name from KC? They had like, uh, Corey McGetty, they had, um, Who's the fucking guy that came out from Hargrave? Never made it. The big guy, six seven. Um, Corleone Young. Corleone Young. Like those. He's like he just wants to talk that Bob Gibbons. Yeah. Like Tom Kinshawski wanted to talk about. Like the guy was phenomenal. Also on that trip, so he brought me out. Where I broke down all his film, talked about Mike Brown, talked about playbook. Worked him out. He tried to take me to some places in Irvine to work out. They had all these cages in it. I said, KB, we can't fucking work out here. They don't even have corner shots. I don't even know what, what, what is it? Momentous, I think. Maybe. And I was like, we can't. It's called Misty May. It's got like a million courts. Not even courts. They're like cages. It's weird. Like it was in Irvine. We left right away. He goes, all right, we can work out at the JCC. And this is like, 
That's where I, so, that's, that's literally where I, I, I coach kids at now. My, social, my so here, you'll love this one. Social media was just coming out then. Like Twitter was there. Actually, that week was the famous week where he started his account, tweeted one thing and fucking deleted his account until a few years back. But so he goes, we're going to work out at the JCC. I say, KB, are you out of your fucking mind? No, nobody I bothers say, you. Nobody, oh. nobody actually knows that place exists. Oh, oh, it did. I said, I guarantee you will be on TMZ. He goes, Mike, that's fucking preposterous. We're not. So we pull up in the back. They obviously like gave him like carbolage. We go in. They, they carved out a court for us and we start shooting. And they, they just had a league game or something that, that, that day. So I said, KB, we're going to be on TMZ. You fucking watch. He goes, Mike, no fucking shit. So we work out. We work out. We work out. The next day, me and Grover, he put us up at Pelican Hill, by the way. Sure. That's the, where he lived. The fucking nicest place in the history of fucking mankind. And so we're at breakfast, me and Grover, and all of a sudden it hits Twitter. TMZ link, Kobe works out with the Jews. So it has <laughs> Kobe, the yarmulke and hat, and it's got a, a, a fucking like the Zagruder film from fucking JFK of me working him out. And it's like this, like, yeah. look it up. It's like me rebounding for him and him fucking shooting. We were warming up and some like soccer mom took it on her phone back then. It was fucking hilarious. But here's, here, here's my, here's mine real quick on him. So, yeah. so I tweeted something cause he did the, I can't breathe. And yep. I was being a smart ass asshole like the rest of us. And I was like, you know, Kobe had tinted front windows. So sure. in California, you can't have tinted side windows. Sure. He had front windows. And yeah. first time I met, when I first uh, left ESPN in 2012, I moved out here and I didn't know he lived that close. I'm at Starbucks and he rolls up and like, he's literally behind me in line at Starbucks. Yeah. And I was like, Hey man, you know, <laughs> and then our kids went to the same school for a little bit. So, uh, so I tweeted something like, uh, like, I mean, cause as you know, he kind of, the, the cops protect him from everything in Orange County, right? Like he, he's Kobe. Uh, story we were doing about 120 coming back from a dinner and we got pulled over like literally the guy was doing this in front of us to get us over yeah. pulled us over kobe like hey finds out it's kobe kobe says hey I'll, I'll, I'll grab you a package i'm sorry man like sent him shoes tickets whatever whatever to totally Fuck right it. yeah, yeah so i right, so there was like bro like you live behind gates and pelican yeah and you're you know i can't breathe it's like fuck the police right so I got called like the worst. Keith Oberman said I'm the worst person on earth because of it or whatever. So I felt, I felt bad just because like, I don't know, you know, just talking shit. Yeah. So I sent a text to Rick Buecher because I didn't have his, I didn't have Kobe's number. Right. Buecher's, and, and as you know, as you have said, Kobe, the whole thing with Kobe is like, he's just like guys that didn't fucking bullshit him because everybody else just, you know, yeah. did whatever he wanted. So I sent a text. So he gets me Kobe's. I go, can you ask, can you, Find out if it's cool if I text Kobe. Yeah, no problem. I text him like, hey, man, send some out on social media. You know, I don't think it come across the right way. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. We're good. And like, black fist pound. I was like, all right. Yeah. So then fast forward a couple years. So I moved back to the East Coast for CBS. I moved back out here. And I start, re kind of restart my own program. And our kids, are again, are going to the same schools. And I had seen him and stuff. and. The cool thing about the school that, that like, uh, they're basically, they basically helped rebuild this, the school was nobody messed with him. Like, he was just Kobe, wow. like, he, the kids, yeah, you know, and the kids that come up to him, but nobody's like coming up to him, like, autographs or hanging around him. He was just got to be a regular dude. 
Yeah. So he starts texting me like clips of his, of Gianna's team and drills and, Hey, do you like this? Hey, cause he knew my dad, yeah. uh, coach Tex. Sure. We start sending clips of different. So he's like, Hey, we got to get together. So we had, we had a night at Javier's, his spot, you know, <laughs> Newport Beach. Beach. Newport yeah. Beach. Yeah. 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 And just stories. And it's the same thing. Like the guy's level of intelligence and recall. And I have really good recall was amazing. Yeah. You know, not just games, but what he's doing now. And uh, you, uh, you save the emails. I wish I would have saved the text because I literally have probably if I went to AT&T, 200 texts between the two of us sending videos of little kids drills and offense and scores and shit. Yeah. Right. Which is like the, it, it's the most bizarre stuff. Like if you, you would never think that a guy would be that engaged. And he really was. And he was like, uh, here's the, cause I know it's the, here's the rebound screen cut. And I was telling him like, oh, why are you running that triangle bullshit? Nobody runs that anymore. You know? Oh, no, he hate, Hey, Hey Doug, he hated the fucking triangle. He goes, Mike, he goes, you know how many years that took off my fucking career? Because you literally have to isolate, even though there's a lot of cutting and stuff, you have to isolate and like, I want to come off pin downs. I want to read screens. No, it's, I like it's all about roll. isolation and spacing, right? Yeah. And but all the movement is set based upon where the next pass goes. Imagine him in split action. Imagine him in Golden State split action, yeah. like what he could do. And look, for young players, this is the, this is the thing that really set me apart with Kobe. So I, I'm coming. I'm coming to Irvine to work him out, and I'm, I'm watching him. And I, I said this story a bunch of times, so it's not like the first time I'm saying it. Uh, he does this move eleven times in like three games: in and out, crossover, step back, and and pull up, fucking jump shot. So like, I hate that shit. I fucking hate isolation basketball. So it's like at the end of our workout, it's probably like we did about two hours. Last ten minutes or five or ten minutes, I say, AKB, let's go that in and out crossover step back. We did. E I think we worked out at Equinox in Irvine, mm. yeah. and he and he goes like, like in and out, in and out crossover step back, and he goes. Mike, I don't work on that bullshit. I go, KB, you literally did it 11 times in three games. It's almost unheard of for a movie. He goes, Mike, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The game is reactionary. Okay. Right. I master the in and out layup, the in and out jump shot, the, the crossover layup, crossover jump shot, the step back, jump shot, step back, pull in front layup. He goes, I want to kill him on the first move. How the fuck can I work on a move with three counters to it if I don't know how the defender is going to react to the second, to the first thing? This is why players are fucked up these days. Even young players that play with me on the Lakers. He goes, they want to work on this shit, but they don't know how the defender reacts to the first thing. You kill them with simplicity. You kill them with the in and out. If they don't, if they don't go, you go to the left, you go to the left. If they cut it off, you do something else. And then if they cut that off, you do something. It's all reactionary. So yeah. why the fuck would I work on this? And he, he goes, I don't work on any bullshit ball handling. We do this ball handling routine where and I'll send it to you for your, for your kids program. It's all stationary. It's like, he goes, look, I don't care about moves. I want to be a strong ball handler to build the strength up in my must, my functioning muscles that handle the ball to put the ball where I want it, when I want it. So if I have to go between the legs, I didn't work on between the legs, but I'm strong enough with my hands and forearms from pounding the shit out of it, different directions. And I could just do it without even thinking about it. And for young players that work on all that bullshit that's pre-scripted, how the fuck do you know if the defender is going to react to that in a certain way to go to that next counter? Like, you don't know. And that's what he fucking 
mastered. And then that whole, I mean, one of the weirdest things he ever asked me to do, we, it was like game five of the finals. It was three in the morning. I wasn't staying at the Ritz with, or the Four Seasons where they were staying in Boston. I, me and Grover were like in the park plaza, like down the street. So we didn't have iPads back then. I mean, I had it. He didn't. So I would, I would go back and forth to his hotel room when he wanted me to do stuff and like get, like get certain clips and things. He wanted me to break down and send him uh, diagrams of the Princeton offense. I said, KB, it's game fucking five in like 12 hours from now. I know actually like nine hours from now where it's like four in the morning. What the fuck are we doing right now? He goes, you guys run the triangle. He goes, I know, I know, but I think there's a variation we could run and, and this and that. I'm like, you're fucked up, dude. I'll do it. And, and I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember just trying to find it. And then right after that, he goes, I want you to look up this game in like 2001. Uh, Tracy McGrady, third quarter at Detroit. He did this move in the mid post that I want to fucking work on tomorrow and shoot around. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? There's no syn- there was no synergy back then. So I had a like, I don't know how the fuck I got. I mean, the guy was... Mine like a steel trap, man, and um, he's phenomenal, dude. He had the he had the approach of a thirteenth man, yet he was one of the best players of all time. And they got players today just don't understand. Like he go, he told me, he goes, look, you know what the biggest scam going is, mama mentality. And I go, okay. And he goes, because I can't turn this shit off. He goes, I wake up with that. I right. see you can get a thousand. Well, it's, also, it's also everybody, everybody, they use it for whatever they want to use it for. It's like no Jason, doubt. Jason Tatum thinks mom mentality is give me the ball and get out of the way. I'm going to make a bucket. Like, yeah. yeah, except here's the thing. The guy studied everything on film, but also at both ends of the floor. Yeah. Right? And, he, and, 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 and even you know, then Kobe wasn't easy to play with. Right? Let's oh, not no, like, no, no. Look, he's not easy. He's not right. easy. He wasn't right. easy to play with. God bless right. him. But like his point was, you can have all these players tweeting this stuff out. And then, like, even when they do it, they have to have so much energy to do it for an hour. Right. I, I'm cursed with it. I can't yes. turn this shit off. And he goes, and people are going to be scamming like they have it and they don't. And, like, yeah, it's a great thing and all that. But, like, I just can't turn it off. That's just me. And just like Bird couldn't turn it off, all these guys, like, he can't turn it off. Yeah. And he goes, it's the biggest scam going because – like that's me and everybody's gonna, else is going to try to be like that and have to put so much energy just to do it for 30 minutes. Or they'll have people tweeting it out that they're in the gym and they're not in the gym at 5 a.m. And I'm actually in the gym at 5 a.m. Right. Right. Fucking nuts, man. Nuts. So. All right. You're the best. Have a great day. I appreciate it. And uh, next time you're here, we're getting together or I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. And by the way, did you used to play at those Laguna courts? Yes. I we just went to the beat like so I did some work for rep one working out guys for the draft and I, we we you know my family came out to visit me the last week so we went to all the beaches New, we love Newport but like we went to Newport has about 38th street that's where we used to play out it's full court yeah because so, because Laguna only has those three half courts right yeah yeah they redid them and people don't play there as much as they used to whatever I saw some guy doing suicides there when we were there I have a picture of it I'll send it to you it's fucking great but uh I lie. That beach is not. It's not. I just. I, I love that. That. That part of. I. You could keep L.A. Manhattan Beach is the only thing that I'll keep out of L.A. But that section. No, Kobe's the one. He. He actually was the one who figured it out. Right. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. Get. Get sure. down there and 
no, people leave you for the most part, people leave you alone. Yeah. And you know, there's a reason that the reason the taxes are so high. Oh, no <laughs> fucking question. No doubt. All right, I brother, you're the best. I appreciate Pre- you. Appreciate you. Thanks, bud. All right. Later. Wow, that's three three parts in a really, really good series. Uh, my thanks to Mike for all of his time and all of his efforts. If you missed any of it, download it. Part one, part two, part three. Remember to download, uh, write a review, rate, subscribe, do all that stuff. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.